and all this AI stuff you've been talking about forever, and I think people are probably sick of it. But <laughs> now it's actually turning into that point where people are becoming aware of it. And we really are, I think, at the beginning of something that we have not contemplated at all. We're sitting here like on day one of this, staring into the abyss with no idea what's coming and really no rules or foundations on how to deal with it. It's, it's like we're strapped to a chair and somebody's been going, you, you don't want to be strapped to this chair. You really don't want to be strapped to this chair. And then somebody's like, I'm just going to count to 10. Okay, just going to count to 10. No big deal. 10, 9, 8, 7. And all of a sudden, your chair starts to shake, and you're being launched into space, and you have no idea and no plan to return. That is how dramatic this is. Incredible. People are seeing little things like we talk about in today's podcast, uh, and we will talk more about it on Monday, um, that... The chair is starting to shake. You're starting to go, oh, this is kind of weird. What did the chat GPT say? What is going on? What? I'm telling you, get out of the chair. Get out of the capsule. This thing is launching. And as a globe, you know what's so crazy is almost everything this week, I think, has been disinformation. You know, look at the response for the train. But what, what was that? Look at the response on the balloons. We started the week with aliens. We might have shot down an alien aircraft. Can we point out that we're all in kindergarten? Our entire week has been talking about trains and balloons. Yeah. If the wheels of and, and Kamala Harris with the wheels of the bus. We're doing all of them at the same time. Yes, but Party City is not a threat that we know of at this point. All right, our podcast coming up. Um, going about your daily life when you're living in pain is like walking uphill with a backpack full of rocks. Sure, let's put the rocks down. What do you say? You can make it, but do you really want to keep carrying that bag of rocks around? Here's the way you could possibly get your life back. It's Relief Factor. Relief Factor is something that has really changed my life in uh, in pain. I I don't have it like I used to always be in pain remember still oh yeah like crazy all the time i started taking relief factor for three weeks i just tried it i didn't think it was working because i was in denial i'm just having better days oh my gosh i stopped taking it and within a couple of days my pain came roaring back i take it every day now it's relief factor relieffactor.com please try it 1995 three-week quick start just try it for three weeks relieffactor.com relief factor feel the difference don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at blazetv.com slash glenn as well uh and uh you can use the promo code glenn to save yourself 10 bucks also i mentioned the youtube pages glenn has of course youtube page now over a million subscribers uh Stu does america youtube page a few less few less than that but you can go and make that number a little higher if you would actually today i'm going to be doing a special live broadcast because i feel like when i get in these moments and when you know hell is all around us the only way to make it better is to eat junk food so i'm going to be trying a bunch of uh, new uh, on the market junk foods that just came out and i have not been invited you are totally you're, invited would you like to try them friend. would i like to try junk food <laughs> my gosh he's been replaced by an alien here's today's podcast I want to take you to now a guy who I have read is uh, 
possibly well people are trying to draft him to run for president and i have to tell you even if he doesn't uh, doesn't win or wouldn't run to try to win but just try to get everybody to understand esg i support his candidacy uh, Vivek, Rama, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is uh, with us now. He is an anti-ESG crusader um, and uh, has really made a lot of inroads with Strive.com. Check it out. He's with us now. You're also an Ohio resident. Any thoughts on mm-hmm. what's happening? I mean, it's very sad what's happened, Glenn. And I watched Pete Buttigieg effectively imply that this has gotten too much attention. That's an affront, and I think it just reveals why people here and people across the country do not trust the establishment in Washington, D.C. And, you know, the funny thing is I've seen both sides of it, right? I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm talking to you from Ohio today. I also went to school with Pete Buttigieg. We were at Harvard together. We overlapped with each other. And the dirty little secret is that if this had happened in Washington, D.C. or in New York City, Mm. the response would have been dramatically different. And the people here know it. And that's what fuels this cycle of distrust. And unfortunately, I'm sad to say the distrust exists for good reason. We need to put new leaders in charge. And it's just, it, you know, most importantly, I, I think that community has been as brave as they possibly can be. But it's also revealed the divide between the aristocracy in D.C. and the rest of the country. I mean, the, the Pete Buttigieg uh, comments, all of them are just so dismissive. And, you know, he, he, let's say even that. He's he's not. But let's just say he was right. You still don't say that you go to the town and comfort them and then give them some hard news. But they just are like, was everybody looking at this for? Why? Keep driving. Exactly. And I think it's about self-protection, because initially he was embarrassed that this was a bigger deal than expected. He's just come off another crisis with respect to grounding flights because of software glitches. So he thought this made him look bad sweep it under the rug, even if the people are left to suffer as a consequence. Now, as that refuses to happen, and thank you to the people in this town and across the country who have stood up to say this is a big deal, now is actually almost implicitly blaming the people who are actually casting attention on what's an important situation. Okay. And I just see this as a symptom, Glenn, of a deeper problem in our country. So uh, let, me, let me throw another uh, log on this fire here. Um, I checked the ESG score of uh, uh, Norfolk Suffolk. Um, uh, railway they have a higher esg score than tesla does and their e is a lower threat according to their score than their s is they're pretty good on the environment oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> this is laughable glenn and it, it reminds me exactly of ftx on one small uh, es on, on an esg scoring mechanism scoring better than exxon Mobil. This is a farce, and you put three-letter acronyms about it. What's it designed to do? It's designed to hide the essence of what's actually happening. And, you know, these companies, and working hand-in-glove with the government to do it, are deflecting accountability from the topics they'd rather not be scrutinized for, instead talking about environmental and social issues instead. By the way, using the money of everyday citizens to advance those agendas without their knowledge. And you and I know that well. That is the defining fraud of our time. But that, too, Glenn, is just a symptom of a deeper cancer in this country where we've lost our national identity. So people who are supposed to run the show are not the ones who we elect to run the government are not the ones actually running the show, running the actual government today. That's a new bureaucracy combined with new 
titans to be in the private sector. And that's the real problem we need to solve. Okay, so tell me how you solve that, Vivek. Well, so look, I think there's a top-down version of this, and there's a bottom-up version of it, Glenn. The top-down version is we need to get the state and capitalism out of each other's hair. That is fascism. You combine state power with corporate power to do what neither can do on its own. That is Mussolini's definition of fascism. And that's the state of affairs in modern America today, I'm sorry to say it. So what I say is if it is state action in disguise, if the government is using private companies either through the ESG agenda or through free speech regulation in Silicon Valley to do through the back door what government couldn't do directly, then those companies in those situations ought to be bound by the same constraints as the federal government itself. That includes the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States if you're a tech company, for example. So I have a lot of ideas for top-down fixes here. I think we should make political expression a civil right in this country so long as we have other protected classes as well. But if we're honest with ourselves, Glenn, we also have to look ourselves in the mirror. Each of us do. You do. I do. Every person listening to this does. And ask ourselves, what is it within us that causes us to want to bend the knee to these new monarchs? It's like the Israelites. Why do they want to go back and be ruled by Pharaoh? There's something innate in human nature about it. And I just think we are so hungry for purpose right now in America that we need a conservative movement that fills that vacuum of purpose and identity with a vision of national identity that dilutes this poison to irrelevance. And that's oh, an that's, important part of the, the conversation. I will tell you, the left just heard what you said, and they would love They're going to call you absolutely a nationalist and a fascist. They, I mean, you know, forget about the actual meaning of those words. Um, but you, a nationalist identity, what are you talking about? What is, what, what is the vision we should all be working toward? Revive the ideals that set this nation into motion. Basic ideas, even like merit, that you get ahead in this country, not as the color of your skin, but as MLK said, on the content of your character and contributions. I mean, that means getting rid of this national cancer of affirmative action. Merit in government, making sure the people we elect to run the government are the ones who actually run the government, not this cancerous bureaucracy that multiplies itself like a like a metastasizing tumor. Meritocracy and ideas, Glenn, the best ideas win when no ideas are censored. Merit in who gets into this country. I I see this as a first generation American myself. My parents were immigrants. We should want more people like them, but not people whose first act of entering this country is a law breaking one. Those are just basic rules of the road. They're not even Democratic ideas or Republican ideas. They are American ideas. And you can't call that nationalist. Call it nationalist. We then, if we shore up that vision, those basic ideas, then and only then can we take on the actual threats we face externally, like communist China, which is not going to be easy to address. And I have views on how to do this. But I think we can make the sacrifices needed to address communist China to declare independence from communist China, to do the kinds of things we're going to have to do if we shore up our national identity within. And that's what I'm on a mission to do one way or another. Vivek, um, you know, you look at China. I think we are marching toward war. This is exactly what happened at World War One. A group mm. of Fabian socialists wanted to change all of Europe, get rid of the old structure. They said it was going to be great. They they saw the potential for a war. They went all in thinking that it could be short and it will be enough pain to cover the collapse and the restructuring of the world. I think that's exactly what's happening. And I think just like they were wrong in World War One, they're wrong this time. This could be very 
catastrophic. Just catastrophic. This could be bad. This yeah. could be really bad, Glenn. I have one note of optimism, and, and I think we're working within a short window here for that optimism. Xi Jinping has shot himself in the foot through self-inflicted damage to get that third term last October when he took that unprecedented third term as leader of the CCP. That opens up a short window for us, I, I believe, to defeat China economically so that we will never have to militarily. I do not think that window is going to be open for long. But I call for total declaration of independence from China, total decoupling. I think that that is the declaration of independence of the 21st century, because unlike the Soviet Union, in the last Cold War, they never provided the shoes on our feet or the phones in our pockets. China powers our modern way of life. But if we pull the economic rug from under them right now, they're in a vulnerable spot, Glenn. And and to me, that's one of, to the extent I pull the trigger and actually pursue this path, that would be one of the big reasons to do it, is I think we're working within a short window where we can actually do that if we can get it right. It will involve sacrifice. I'm going to tell you that bluntly. I'm, it's not a rosy picture. There will be inconveniences involved for Americans. But our moment demands you used World War I analogy. I'll use a World War II one. Yeah. We need Churchill, not Chamberlain. And we don't. I think we have a short window where we don't have to go to war if we can defeat them economically by achieving independence. Man, you sound like a guy who is going to run for president. I'm thinking about it, Glenn. I'm thinking about it and I'm uh, thinking about it seriously, but it's not about me. It's not, it's not about the person. It really shouldn't be. It should be about the what and the why. And I could care less who it is. If it's a great person who doesn't have the right agenda, it doesn't matter to me. I think we need to define the agenda, define why we're doing what we're doing. That's what I care about. That's what, you, know, you and I both care about. I know that about both of us. And the question of the who then just becomes a lot easier after we've defined those things. That's what I'm most focused I, on. I have to tell you, I, I, I support you 110%. Um, you are outside the system. You are very successful at what you've done. You have identified all of the right problems. You have worked to actually solve them yourself through the private sector. I think you get it. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not endorsing anybody for president at all. I think there's a lot of good people out there. However, um, the voice that you could bring to the table, even if you didn't win, you could shape the platforms uh, of the party. I, I think it's I think it's very important, actually, that you run. Just wanted Thank you to you, know. Glenn. I just say I appreciate that. Let's rediscover what America is. That's what I care about. If we do that, I'm happy. Vivek Ramaswamy, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. God bless. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. One of the guys who has been affected by uh, digital uh, censorship is Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee. He's the CEO of the Babylon Bee. Hey, Seth, how are you? I am good, Glenn. It's good to be back with you. Thank you. I, you know, I think I ask you this every time you're on, uh, but it gets worse between the interviews that we have. How are you guys dealing with satire in a world where we're shooting $10 balloons down out of the sky? <laughs> it is a... Uh... It is getting worse, isn't it? I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're tracking it in a sheet. I may have mentioned this before on your program, but we're tracking in a sheet all of our jokes that come true. And we call it, you know, like they're fulfilled prophecies instead of punchlines. And, uh, and we're up to almost 100. I think we've hit 90 now. So 10 more and we hit 100 Unbelievable. Jokes. Do you have that list in front of you? Can you tick off some either from memory or? 
Yeah, I can pull it up. Um, I have it on my. Uh, I mean, that's like the uh, Simpsons. Link on my link tree, but everybody's yeah, like the Simpsons. They're prophets. No, they're not. They're comedians. They're just writing jokes. We're becoming the joke. <laughs> it is an old problem, though. You know, Shakespeare said jesters do oft become prophets. So you know, it, it, this has a long history, but. Um, but it's happening with us really frequently. We did a joke about how uh, horrified Satan distances self from Grammys uh, <laughs> after that crazy Sam Smith performance. And then, and then the Church of Satan came out uh, two days later with a statement saying that the, that the, the, the performance was uh, underwhelming and meh, and it didn't represent <laughs> the Church of Satan. <laughs> I mean, this kind of stuff is happening all the time. Uh, uh, we did one expert say they don't know what's causing everyone to suddenly collapse, but it's definitely not that one thing. And then you see a story that says something has been killing American young people in sharply rising numbers, but it's not vaccines. <laughs> I mean, these, they, they're jokes. jokes. That's unbelievable. And then, and then the, the media makes them come true. I, I do say all the time, you know, imagine if your job was to write jokes that are funnier than what Democrats are doing in real life. I mean, that's a challenging job. I know. Really challenging. Um, so what is your take on uh, just the news of the week? I mean, can you deal with something like, did we blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? I mean, we talk about this. We've had deep deep conversations in my producing meetings every day this week do we want to know would the is the world and the population of the world served by knowing the truth mm-hmm. what does it mean is there is there any place that is off limits hmm. um for for comedy for what we do yeah for comedy no, we, I, we've I decided say, there I is no limit no. for us Honestly, I think, you know, in the, in the conversations about what you should and shouldn't joke about, the people that are usually telling you, oh, there's these things that you shouldn't make jokes about, they, those are their sacred cows that they want to protect. And that is the funniest stuff to joke about. Those are the things that you have to joke oh, about. Oh, yeah, I know. Someone doesn't want you to joke about them. So the I know. best comedians know that and they leverage that. It's the reason Dave Chappelle is more popular than ever yeah. is because he knows that if he touches on some of these things that people are clutching tightly as their sacred cows, He's going to get laughs. People like to laugh at what you don't want to be joked about. So I, we, we generally have a rule that, you know, if there's anything that we're feeling like we shouldn't joke about it, well, maybe that's the thing we should be joking it about is. the most. It is. It is. It is. It absolutely is. And I, I can't thank you enough for being there when no one else was joking about anything. Thank you for keeping that alive. Are you seeing a difference? Do you think we've hit a tipping point on... Because if we haven't hit it yet, we're very close on this woke nonsense and people just starting to go, you know what, this is enough. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we may be close to the tipping point because it's gotten so insane. The fact, you know, you, you know that once you start involving kids in this stuff and you start pushing this stuff on kids and, and they're doing it so aggressively, um, you know, the fact that initially it was all denied that there were drag shows happening for kids. Now they're just openly promoting them all over oh, the yeah. place. You've got the, the denials that there's gender affirming care. I'm putting that in scare quotes, gender affirming care happening in these hospitals for minors. Uh, and now that, you know, well, no, it is happening and it's good. And you want to harm kids if you want to try to stop it, that kind of stuff going on. There are so many people who are now realizing how, how crazy and out of control this has gotten. It's not just about, you know, respecting the freedom of other adults. It's about protecting kids from being purposefully confused. We're cultivating confusion and then treating it with irreversible damage to their bodies. I mean, this kind of stuff has gotten so wild 
that I think there is a lot of a lot of pushback now and a lot of understanding that there needs to be something done to, to mitigate it. The pendulum has to swing back the other way. And I think maybe we're at that point where it's going to start to do that. You're starting to see stories in the New York Times that sound more reasonable. <laughs> uh really because i haven't spotted a lot of those but um (laughs) well they they just did they just did one on transgender stuff and i think it was about gender gender affirming care for kids or something and and, and the whole trans community is up in arms about how transphobic the new york times is right that's a good sign that's a good sign and i do think that i think what was it like 150 uh, people that work for the new york times walked out in protest and i think the new york times said we're not going to be held hostage (laughs) Yep. What? So you're right on that. Yeah. Um, A great statement they put out. uh, When it comes to uh, when it comes to what's being done to our children, um, you are really uh, clear. Uh, You did. You've put some posts up about Chelsea Handler and she did a video about, you know, the day in the life of a childless woman and how great it is. And you wrote, she left out the part where she cries alone at night from the realization that her freedom came at the cost of true fulfillment. Actually, it came mm-hmm. at the cost of the lives of her children. I didn't realize she bragged about having murdered multiple babies. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's this kind of, there's this, this callous celebration that's happening so much now. You know, we've, we're so far from that, you know, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare type yeah. of thing. Um, that, that was, you know, the, kind of the mantra of the 90s. Uh, we've we've come so far from that now that we have people like Chelsea out there, you know, bragging about how happy and free they are, you know, with really no no mention of like what what if, if there is any mention of what uh, allowed them to have that freedom. It's it's done in in this not in this somber like sad sense like you know I made sacrifices, I made hard choices to get here. No, they celebrate what they did to to get to get this freedom. And she's talking about the freedom to just wake up when she pleases and do what she pleases at night and go out with friends. And it's like life is more meaningful than that life. You know, the lives of children matter and there's so much more fulfillment to be found in having a family and raising a family and being surrounded by loved ones and, and growing old with the ones that you love. And I do think it, I do think it's the case that a lot of people who think that they're finding true freedom are, are in fact sacrificing true fulfillment to get it. And, and they will regret it later in life. And I, and I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's mean to, to call that out. No, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I, I mean, if you're, you're murdering your children uh, to do that, I, I think that's fair to call out. But I, I know yeah. that I didn't, I was a guy who didn't want any children and I have four and now I'm 59. I wish I had 10. I mean, the, yeah. the only thing that I have done in my life that truly matters uh, has happened inside the walls of my house. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all about my children. And you don't really get that until you start to get a perspective of a life lived, you know? Well, yeah, and the kind of fulfillment that can come from, from living sacrificially in the sense that you're serving the needs of others, there is so much fulfillment to be found. And it's, it sounds like to, to this, when you're being selfish and self-consumed, it sounds so burdensome to think, oh, I might have to sacrifice some of my time or money or attention to take care of somebody else or care for somebody else. But there's really, there's really nothing more fulfilling. Like God made us to, 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 to be in that role. You know, God made women to be mothers. He made men to be fathers. Um, that's why we're here. 
And, uh, and so, you know, there, there is real true fulfillment, deep satisfaction that comes from that, even though it's a harder life in many senses. Wow. Listen to the hate coming from you. Um, the, uh, the, one of the stories that I'm following that is really disturbing is how fast Canada has collapsed on its protection of life at any age, mm. at any age. Are you following what's happening up there with euthanasia and everything? Yeah, I've been hearing some things. I think I heard something recently about a, a story about, you know, about how we need to have a, a cutoff time, I guess, after, after a certain age, just put everybody down. Is that, is that really what they said? <laughs> I, I haven't heard that, but I know that they are putting people down. You know, they, they now for if you're a kid, a teenager, and you are depressed, you can go to a doctor in Canada and get end-of-life medication. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hello. Yeah, that's just... No, no regard whatsoever for the value of life. And, no. and there's so much, you know, there's so many people, there's so many great stories. If you talk to people who've, got, who've been suicidal, or have gone through depression or alcoholism, or drug addiction, and they've come out on the other side of it and their lives have been redeemed and so much good has come from that. Why are we, why are we so quick to give up on people? I know. I don't understand that. I know. I, I am a guy who is uh, addicted to all those things and led a really bad life and alcoholic and changed my life. I'd like to think that my life had been redeemed, but I know there's a lot of people who are like, he should have died a long time ago. Um, but uh, I, I am living testimony that whatever you think you've done or whatever your problems are, there is there are solutions and there is a meaningful and happy life ahead of you. Should you choose it? Yeah. It's not going to be easy, yeah. but if you choose it, it's there. It's there. Thank you so much. Hate coming out of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Seth, for everything that you guys do at the Babylon Bee. And uh, as always, anything we can do to help, you just let us know. Thanks. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Bye-bye. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday. I want to f- give you some hope here today that a country is not as divided as you might think it is we just don't talk to each other and we all live on social media and uh, mainstream media and everybody is incentivized to keep dividing while there are real issues i am more and more convinced every day that it is the governments of the world that are going in one direction and the people are looking at each other going, wait, why, why would we go to war? Wait, what are we doing here? Less than half of the country is for sending uh, arms to the Ukrainians. I'm kind of at the beginning. I, okay. I want to help the Ukrainians. I don't want to go to war over it, but it seems like there's a disconnect between not only each other because of left and right, but also up and down. The people who are just working for a living and the people who are the ruling elites. How do we solve this? I'm going to show you somebody who's working on it and is actually making a difference in 60 seconds. Well, Valentine's Day may be over, but it's not too late to give yourself the excellent gift of looking years younger. And it's incredibly easy thanks to GenuCell. Their most popular package is 70% off and it includes the next breakthrough in skincare technology, GenuCell's probiotic moisturizer, Absolutely free. You know, probiotics, they're unlike yogurt and stuff. They're like supposedly good for you. I don't even understand the stuff, but 
That same ingredient can be really good for your skin as well. And probiotic extracts target the bad bacteria on the surface of your skin to restore balance to your skin's microbiome for a noticeably clearer complexion and visibly younger appearance. You can see the fine lines, the wrinkles, the dark spots, the sagging jawlines, and even bags and puffiness disappear before your eyes thanks to GenuCell. And with its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. So, no risk here. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck, GenuCell.com slash Beck. Right now, during the extended blowout sale, every order at GenuCell.com includes an exclusive beauty box with two luxury GenuCell gifts for you to try. Order now. Only limited quantities are available. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Um, we have Dave Isay in. He is the founder of StoryCorps. If you've never heard of StoryCorps, you should. It's really a it's a great um, capturing of history in real people's worlds. It, it is honestly, you're not going to need Ken Burns to to document this time in history and have some star read a letter from somebody because StoryCorps exists. And what they've done is they have talked to almost three quarters of a million people over the years and uh, gotten their story from them. What was important? What are they thinking about? And it's all in the National Archives. It's a great, great thing that uh, he has done. Uh, Dave is with us now, but he started a, an, another extension of StoryCorps. How long ago, Dave? Three, four? You, you were one of the first conversations I had. It was just kind of a twinkle in my eye about four years ago. Four yeah. years ago. Yeah, we started thinking about it, but we launched it about a year and a half ago. Yeah, okay. So you did one small step. Yeah. And one small step is what exactly? So, um, you, you know, as you are talking about before, there are these divisions in the country. Uh, and uh, most people in the country are really sick of this and like worried about where this is going to take us yeah. and want to find a way that we can see our neighbors again as our, as right. our neighbors. And, and right. you know, and obviously all the fear that we feel is this is not healthy. This is like a public health emergency mm -hmm. in the country. So with StoryCorps, the big StoryCorps that you're talking about, we've had, as you said, about three quarters of a million people interview their grandma, their parents mm -hmm. about their lives. Right. And each of these go to the Library of Congress. So your great, great, great grandkids get to know your grandmother through her voice and story. So essentially what we're doing is collecting the wisdom of humanity for, you know, and it's about, you know, the, the fact that there's poetry, as, as you well know, and grace and beauty and the stories just hiding in plain sight all oh, yeah. around us. We just have to take the time to listen. Oh yeah. As opposed to what we're kind of bombarded with 24 mm -hmm. hours a day. So those 750,000 people have known and loved each other. And I came and talked to you about this f like four or five years ago that, that, you know, we were, and, and we were, we have a big problem in this country that, you know, that um, we more and more, you know, polls show that, um, that, you know, we see the, the biggest threat in our country as our neighbors, not the Chinese. That's really you know, bad. Not, not, yeah, it's really bad. More than half the country thinks we're gonna see a civil war in our lifetime. So the question is, we're a nonprofit in every possible way in the human connection business. So the question is, you know, what could we do? So we started experimenting with putting strangers for the first time across the political divide together, not to talk about politics, just to get to know each other as human beings, called it one small step, and have and tested and tested and tested it because um, you know our Hippocratic oath is to do no harm to people, and we've come up with something that is frighteningly powerful. Because <laughs> yeah, when you, you put know, just regular people together and you let them talk, you figure out you know you have a lot in common, and people come out of these conversations friends. 
So there's two <laughs> there's two clips that I want to play. These the, and and it's pretty interesting. What you've done is you've you've pre-interviewed people and got to know them a little bit, and then put their sheet together of of who they are, and then the other person you switch with the other person you haven't met yet. Yeah. And what I found in listening just to these two clips is uh, they came in with different expectations, which I think all of us would. Yeah. Uh, so let's play the first clip, please. What was the thing that stuck with you after our previous conversation, Drew? Based on your military background, based on your upbringing, uh, it was interesting to me that you saw people for their character more so than anything else. You know, you look at how we kind of damage each other in society and that we need to talk about it and stop that. And then we kind of said, let's talk to each other. Let's go to dinner and lunch. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. (laughs) We hit it off right away. We have the same ideas about how to improve our country. Our country is so divided now. We can do better. And I think that's what one small step is doing is allowing people to have those conversations to talk about our similarities instead of our differences. As far as our relationship is concerned, I, I feel as though I've known you forever. Yeah. You are a dear, dear friend. And I cannot imagine you not being in my life at this point. Yeah, well, so, it's, it's been a reciprocal. Please. Well, we're going to have lunch together maybe next week or so. We'll get you to come here to the cottage and we'll, we'll sit down and talk politics and uh, sports and whatever you want to talk about. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and this is a uh, relatively uh, old guy in relation uh, he's a white guy, and in relation, he's talking to a much younger uh, black man. Yeah. And what did they go in expecting? So this is so this is a, this is what you're actually hearing in that interview are two people who came to do one small step, and we don't pre-interview people. People sign up. They're oh, they little, fill out all of those they things. fill out all okay. this stuff. They do a little biography of mm-hmm. themselves. Okay. Um, and then we match them, or we have a computer match them, and they get to see each other's biography, first name, city only. You can't Google the person. And then the interview starts, and you read your, you know, you read your partner's biography to them. They read mm-hmm. their, your biography to you, and then you just talk about your life. So what we're just hearing actually are two guys who didn't interview, became friends, and then came back to talk about the impact on their lives, and actually. Um, after after meeting, both of them are working on a like a big project now in um, in Richmond, where this was recorded, restoring the first uh, African American uh, school in Richmond, the Moore Street School. So you know the the crazy thing. Uh, one small step is built on a a, a theory, a, psycho- a, a theory that's one of the most studied theories in psychology called contact theory. That says under very specific circumstances, if you put people who think they're enemies together, oh yeah, and they have a conversation, oh, they yeah. can come out of it with that hate having melted away. And the highest possible result is friendship. And we see friendship coming out of these conversations all the time. I have to tell you, I, that is, I know that to be true. I know you do. Um, in my own personal life, but also when you look at extremes, the thing that I found in doing research on the Holocaust was the the Christians that saved Jews, they all pretty much said the same thing. They were not necessarily trying to save all Jews. Many of them said, well, this Jew is different. And the only difference was they knew them. They believed the stereotype, but they thought, well, this one's not like them. And I hear that all the time across the divide. People will say, well, yeah, but you're not, or that person's not like them. 
Well, no. Yeah, they're very much like that. You just have this cartoon figure. Right. And the, the question is, if we can get this to scale, and I have to say, your show is the, is the number one referrer for conservatives to One Small Step. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> wow. We, and we have barely scratched the surface. I know. I, I, we're having a meeting so, today, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I really would like to talk to you because I think, you know, you're, you're coming from the uh, nonprofit world and, you know, you're surrounded in, you know, NPR and, and all of that with people who think differently than I do. And I think we can make a bigger impact if we if we really put both sides together. And, and if it's not 50-50, contact theory is based. I, I mean, we at StoryCorps, you know, I've, I've, we, we believe that there's a flame of good in everybody. And that's and, and that, have you know, to believe and that. our job is to fan that flame until it's a yeah. roaring fire. You know, and as you said, that's it's that idea of general generalizing. Yeah, you yeah. have a conversation, you think. But the truth is, there's nuance in everybody. And if we just pound on this, if we do right. it over and over and over again. And you're right. This is not going to come from the government. It's not going to come from no way. You know, it has to come from the people. And, yeah. and it's time for us to say enough. There's, you know, a people there are so many people who worked so hard and sweated and 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 bled so that we could have this life that we have today what are we going to leave for our children yeah and if we you know a democracy cannot survive if we hate each other we have to stop this uh and, you know i just saw the news um uh the idaho house has just approved a greater idaho which means the, the the people in Oregon have voted and said they wanted to join. Now the House, it'll have to go to the Senate, but then it goes to Oregon. There's a lot of steps before that happens. But uh, that seems like a very logical thing to, I, I don't have enough in common with you that I have to split. That's a really bad thing. And that's coming because um, I think there are a, a very small number on both sides yep. that are so extreme yep. and those are the only ones that are really being heard yep. and the rest of us are standing around in our neighborhoods and yep. with our friends and going what the, what is happening here yeah. um but i don't know if that's entirely true dave because we look at things like what's happening in our schools now these are all things 10 years ago every american would have said no i'm not having transgender or you know regular strippers in we're not doing that we don't do that and uh, you know i see it across the country that parents of all stripes are standing up against it but there's a lot of people who are regular people who are now standing up and saying well no wait a minute i i'm i'm for this and you're like what i haven't how did you change what new information did you get well i i you know i think that i I think that there's there's so much nuance in what people believe, and all nuance has been wiped away. Everything is black or white. True. And when you actually sit together and you actually talk, you find out that you know people have. First of all, like you know, the great lesson of the big story core, and like you know, this is a show. First time I saw you, I, and we talked about your audience. You said they're patriots. You know, and this is a show about people who love America. Yeah. Like I, after doing, I've spent twenty years on the road, you know, I haven't personally been on the road, but yeah, you know, these yeah, yeah. hundreds of thousands of interviews, mm -hmm. this is a great country. It is. <laughs> the people, and every people facilitator, we've had a thousand pe ki 
mostly young people yeah. who travel the country listening to the stories of America, and they all come back, and they and if you ask them what they've learned, it's a version of the Anne Frank quote: "People are good." You know, people are basically good, and we've lost that. And I think these kind of arguments, they're fr- like people are people have been driven crazy by by Twitter. You know, the 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 dopamine hits you get by putting out the most radical. But when you actually sit down with people, I mean, I think I think that's what we try to do. That's what you try to do. Just shake people on the shoulder and say, yeah. you wake know, up. wake up. Yeah, wake up. Wake up. Yeah, we can do better than this, and we have to. It's up to us. Let me play the next cut, and I don't want you to reveal anything about this cut until the end. I want you to listen to this and see if you haven't either experienced or heard somebody firsthand that have experienced this very thing. Listen. Let me ask you this. When you read my bio, Mm -hmm. what did you think? And please be as honest as you feel comfortable because nothing Um, bothered me. So the first part, my mind kicked into stereotype. She's Mm -hmm. probably died in a wool Democrat. End of story. <laughs> Second part was intriguing because you said something along the lines of an open mind. I thought, well, this would be interesting. When I read your bio, I just thought you were a white man. <laughs> I thought I was going to come in here and just. I don't like, even know okay. what it was. I don't even I, remember what it was. And that, that's what's so interesting to me <laughs> is that I'm just Stereotype. like, that's exactly right. So I have to admit it. And I appreciate you receiving yeah. that and allowing me to admit my stereotype. Because when you walked in the door and you stood up and introduced myself, I was like, oops, <laughs> oops, oops. I don't feel threatened. I hope you don't feel threatened. Um, what. Once we leave this this conversation, uh, I hope, I believe, we'll have other conversations with others, may revisit, maybe your wife and my husband and four of us can get together and continue yeah. a conversation. But my point is that, what are we afraid of? Fascinating. David and Cassandra, both African-American. So, Dave, um, what are you doing next? Where do, where do you go next with this? Well, we have, so now it's time. So, so basically we've done a ton of research. Um, we've had thousands of people participate and now we have to scale it. Um, and we want, so right, right now we're in, we're, first of all, if you're, if you're a Glenn Beck listener, you go, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people on waiting lists, waiting to do this. Glenn Beck listeners, mm. right to the top. So um, take onesmallstep.org to sign up uh, and, uh, and, and join us. We are focused on three cities now, um, Richmond, Fresno, and Wichita. And we're just going to add cities and add cities and add cities and eventually have this, you know, go across the country. It, you know, it feels like a race against time. And at the end of those oh, videos. We are, we yeah. are. We're coming into the home stretch of yeah. something. And well, I don't 2024 know 2024 is, is, is not going to be pretty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the end of the video, it says, you know, our, our mission is to, you know, convince the country it's our patriotic duty to see the human in people we disagree with, you know, and, and we know it's a moonshot. Uh, we know that there are lots of, there are a billion different forces that are trying, we're trying to trip this up, but, you know, the, the people can win. I mean, that's been your, that's what you've believed all the way. The know, people just, can, we just have to come together and just say, stop. And I, I think that is the biggest problem, I think, with politicians of any stripe, they don't necessarily believe in the people. You know, Jefferson said, trust the American people. They may get it wrong from time to time, but they will correct their mistake. And 
so many people don't give us information or they're doing something else. They'll say one thing, do another. Just trust the American people, you know, and I think that comes from a lack of doing what you do and what I do. And that is just listen to people all over the country and you'll realize these are good people. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the problem and, and, you know, a, a big problem that's got us to this place is that people don't feel heard. They yeah. just want, people just want to be heard. I know. And they want to be ple- treated with dignity and they want to be treated, they want to be treated with respect. No one has ever changed their mind in the history of the world by being called a name, <laughs> by being threatened, you <laughs> right. know, yeah. they just want to be listened to, yeah. you know? And again, if we could just assume the good in others, I mean, what a country this would be. You're I mean, good. it's such a country. Like, it's. I, I mean, imagine if one small step could get, take hold. Imagine if we could just, you know, be neighbors again. How and 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 if if politics wasn't stopped up by the in, insanity, and we could just get things done for the good of the country and the good of people. I mean, it's 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 it, it, it's it's just beyond comprehension how 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 amazing this could be. And the other and then there's the other road, which we don't want to talk about. And and you yeah. know where that leads. Yeah. I'm proud to know you. You're a good man. I'm, proud, really, to, I'm proud to call you a friend, and I yeah, appreciate you're you. You're a really good man. Um, how do people get in touch, and if they want to sign up? So just go to takeonesmallstep.org. It takes about five minutes to sign up. Okay. And uh, we are, we're we are drinking from a fire hose, yeah. but we want you to be part of that fire hose, and we want that fire hose to turn into a wave that overtakes this country and shows us a different way. Good. Thanks, Thank Glenn. you, Dave. Thank you. Buddy. All right. Da, 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 da.